Welcome to Safety Talk. Personal safety expert Pete Canavan shares his insights and interviews experts who provide simple and effective tips, techniques, and technologies to keep you safe and secure both online and off. Here's Pete. Hello and welcome to Safety Talk. I'm your host and personal safety expert Pete Canavan. I'm joined with my personal branding and social media expert Neil Haley. Neil, how is it going today? Hey, I'm doing great, Pete. You know, it's a new, new school year. I, I always see the transition as my wife used to teach for so many years. So I'm always used to, you know, and now getting all the kids off to school. It's, an, it's a happy time for me because it's back to normalcy, even though summer's nice. I, I look forward to the structure of the school year and the school calendar. And it's definitely a big thing to me, especially with in the radio business and television entertainment business, the summers are pretty much an off time. And now it's time to gear up for an exciting another season. That's how I look at things. And I think that our guest today probably would agree with you, Pete, when you introduce her as well, that there's seasons definitely in her business as well. So, but go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, my wife's a teacher too. So she's, uh, she goes back in a week and uh, she's bumming because, you know, her summer comes to a close, but we always try to make the most of it because it goes too quick. You know I mean? And uh, especially here in Northeast Pennsylvania, the summers are pretty short and the winters are pretty long. So got to make the, the most of it, no doubt. So, well, first things first, we always talk about some uh, safety news items on the show, and there's never a shortage of safety-related news, unfortunately. Uh, one of the things uh, we discuss on Safety Talk is online safety and technology. The latest news out of DEF CON 27, uh, which is the hacking conference in Las Vegas, is they're talking about the Bluetooth technology and how you really need to turn off your Bluetooth when you're not using it because it's basically hacker heaven. Uh, Bluetooth devices can be used to track you. You know, everybody's using these uh, Fitbits and other sorts of devices to track their, their habits, their movements, uh, their diets, etc. cetera. Uh, but since these devices can be hacked, hackers can actually change the health data that's on them. They can use that Bluetooth technology to track you. Uh, a lot of people use the Bluetooth headphones for phone conversations. They can be hacked and people can listen to your conversations. So, you know, when you think about how much, you know, how many different devices are out there uh, that, you know, utilize Bluetooth technology, it's a, it's a pretty scary thing because just a single vulnerability that is exploited in the Bluetooth technology can really have a, a large impact on so many of these devices. And to make it even worse, Bluetooth devices aren't as easily upgraded as, say, like your operating system on your phone or your computer or a program or an app or something like that. Uh, and some of them can't be upgraded. And so if there's a vulnerability in that device that is in there from day one and it can't be updated, it's always going to be there. So the bottom line is turn off your Bluetooth when you're not using it. You know, if you want to turn it on and use it, but just don't keep it on all the time because uh, hackers and cyber criminals can use that. So I keep mine off all the time, not just for that, but also to save battery life. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So obviously, uh, you know, we recommend to all of our listeners, you know, turn your Bluetooth off when you're not using it. Now, second piece of news uh, that uh, is probably going to resonate a little bit with our guest today. Uh, so we'll get her feelings about it in a minute, but it comes from Utah. And unfortunately it involves a 17 year old girl. Uh, she was a high school senior, just starting her senior year. Her name was, uh, Kayliss O'Leary. And she was at a house party over the weekend and somebody brought a gun to the party and somehow she ended up dead. And the 911 call said she shot herself, but some things are not adding up. And so that is uh, an ongoing investigation. Not sure what's going on, but obviously since it was a party and they were underage kids, guess what? They all bolted, you know, when this happened. 
And so try to, you know, even make sense of this or try to figure out exactly what happened is not going to be easy because that means the kids are going to have to admit they were at the party, right? So all I have to say with regard to this is, you know, if you're somewhere, it doesn't have to be at a party, but, you know, somebody with a gun shows up and, you know, they're not in uniform or, you know, you're, you're uncomfortable, which you probably are, uh, leave, period. You know, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Get out of there. Leave. You know, stay safe. And, you know, it all comes down to paying attention to what's around you. So, you know, when we have weapons around and then you have alcohol around, well, geez, bad things uh, can happen. Bad things do happen. So, you know, just don't think it uh, can't happen to you because it certainly can. Uh, now, today's guest uh, is a uh, young guest. She's an international, though, award-winning L.A.-based Australian actress. Uh, she moved to Hollywood when she was just 17 years old. And now at 20, she is making a name for herself. She's... Uh, won many acting awards. Uh, she's in an upcoming horror series called uh, Into the Dark on Hulu. Uh, she's also in another series called The Encounter and has starred in multiple feature films, including Lifetime's Nightmare Tenant and another show called, uh, movie called Wrapped. Uh, she also uh, hosts a podcast on iHeartRadio called uh, Living in La La Land, uh, and that's with uh, Harry Potter co-star uh, Ellie Darcy Alden. Uh, she's also a writer. She's co-written uh, an, an award-winning short film called Bet the Demon Wins. Interesting. I have to ask you what that's all about. Uh, and uh, that's going to be uh, screening at the Social Change Film Festival in L.A. in uh, November this year. And uh, she's also co-writing a series called How to Identify a Serial Killer. So once she finishes that, we'll have to have her back on and talk about that. So, uh, But she's also an advocate for mental health. And in just a short time, this young woman is making a serious impact. I'm happy to have her on Safety Talk today. So it's my pleasure to welcome Carlicia Hurley to Safety Talk. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, we're glad you're joining us today. And, you know, we, we get a lot of different people on the show, but they tend to be, you know, people with, you know, older professionals. They've been doing things for a long time. And it, <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's nice to get, I, I wanted to bring in some, some younger people, though, to get a different perspective on different things that are going on in society. You know, you're doing a lot with, you know, your platform because you, you are getting some exposure and you're using that for, uh, for good, which is uh, something very commendable, especially someone who's young and, you know, you wouldn't think they, they have the, the wherewithal to really, you know, do that sort of thing. So that's awesome. Um, one of your passions, as I mentioned, uh, that we, uh, we've discussed in the past is, is the issue of mental health and the problems with that. Uh, it's part of a, a big problem, I think, uh, in society today is the mental health issue and how it's sort of got a stigma attached and, you know, people don't like to talk about it and it's very uncomfortable. So, uh, so I applaud you and, and the fact that, you know, that's your message and, you know, that you're saying that, hey, you know, victims of, of mental abuse, victims of physical abuse, they're not alone. There are people out, out there that, uh, you know, they can, you know, we're, we're, there are people out there willing to help, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. So uh, your thoughts on, as a young woman at a party, something happens, how does that resonate with you, that, that story I just kind of talked to at the top there? That, the fact that that even happens, honestly, is is still something I'm trying to wrap my head around because Australia, obviously, gun laws are very different, but having school kids even thinking about those things and, and thinking that that's a good idea is, is just crazy. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't even, uh, like, I honestly wouldn't know what to do in, in that situation. I would hope I, you know, would see something like that, leave the situation as you were talking about. I think that's 
probably the best thing that you could do. But having that is, is, it's scary. It's scary, you know, and, and as you said, I mean, from where you're from, the culture is not the same as it is in the United States. You know, we take the second amendment very seriously here, but it only takes a few people to really start to tarnish that and what it stands for. And unfortunately, you know, people always run to gun control and there are plenty of laws on the books and criminals don't follow the laws. So you could put a thousand laws on the books and criminals are going to break every single one of them. It doesn't matter. There's a much larger picture here. And I think mental health is a, is a big part of that. So I'd like to get your thoughts uh, on that and where you think that sort of fits into the, to the whole, you know, active shooter, active killer, uh, sort of twisted individual that does this sort of thing. Where does that kind of fit in? Especially for school, like school shootings when it comes to uh, mental health, I think that's, they connect together like insanely so because I think, you know, they're not in their right state of mind when they're doing this kind of behavior. And I think it's, it's, it has to be triggered by something. And so I think especially bullying and I know that goes on a lot in all schools all around the world. And I just think that having guns readily available to them makes it just so much easier to put two and two together. It's just something that's, uh, I definitely, I think that they, they somehow work really well together and, and showing that you're aware and being aware of, of, of bullying during in schools is really important because if I think if you no longer bully, you no longer have that issue. Right. Especially in, in, in school environments. And they've tried laws. I mean, Carlisha, I've been on this topic all the time in my education show from the, the bullying and trying to put laws together in the United States for the parents. If those, if those bullies continue to battle, but it's impossible to monitor now because of the 24 seven social media. And you're saying even in Australia, are, is bullying pretty big and severe? Not You didn't talk about not guns, but as much of the kids bullying. Is it that bad in Australia? Yeah, personally, yes. Like what I saw in schools, it is, it's, a def, it's a different environment because while I was there, social media wasn't as big, but physical abuse was, was a big part of it, 100% with or without guns, you know, people still did, you know, uh, people still fought and did insane things because of bullying and because it affected their mental health. So, and you know, everybody has that point where they enough is too much, right? There's that, that point and it's different for every single person, but it takes something that gets you there, you know? And if you get to that point where you just snap and you feel that there's nothing else that you can do but lashing out and punishing other people and you don't care who is hurt or who is killed as a result because you've been hurt so badly for so long by people and, you know, nothing has been to help. And so that's a, it's a scary sort of, you know, situation that you have to think, you know, how, how can we address this? How, you know, how are, are we as a society going to make changes, get people help, identify people sooner? 
And the problem is, you know, a lot of people don't want to be the, the quote tattletale. It's like, well, I don't want to be the one that said that so-and-so was acting funny because it, what if it's just no big deal and now it comes back to me and everybody thinks I'm nuts because they think, oh, he's a fraidy cat. He thinks there's a problem all the time, you know? And so there's that whole, especially when you're younger, right? I mean, you, the way people look at you, the way that, you know, you have to put out a certain sort of persona, you've got to be a certain way, you've got to fit in, you, you want other people to like you. And that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on young people today. I mean, it put tremendous pressure on me as a child and Neil, but I mean, today with social media and the ability to have instant communication and have something go through a school, go through the internet in an instant is something that is, is changed the whole paradigm in a big, big way. And uh, not always for the better. I think in a lot of ways, it's, it's definitely not for the better. Definitely has its positives and negatives. Absolutely. Sure. Um, but I, I think that uh, being able to, I think one of the reasons that they do this, that uh, uh, things like this happen is because they want to know that they're being heard. And it's obviously to the extreme in a horrible way, but it's, it's their not feeling loved or they're not feeling like they're just being attacked and, and no one's understanding and or hearing what they have to say. So I think somehow getting that message out can help. I just, you know. Yeah. And so they pick a, a way of doing that, that just, is the wrong way is the yeah. wrong way. Yes. How much do you think that causes issues with children and, and young adults with mental health because of how our social media is with bullying and, and envy and wanting to be something and body image, all those different things? I think it's, it's definitely, it's just had a negative effect on, on growing up, especially at such a young age. You're so influenced by everything around you and you want to take in as much as you can of life seeing all these things on instagram you know people's bodies or seeing these group chats that that guys create about you know women in this school environments it, uh, it it'll just that's it's just creating more of a, of a chance to have that snap that causes you know school shootings and 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 that in general people to go off the deep end now you lived in australia up until the point where you're 17 and then you moved to to this country you're out in la now right in hollywood uh you know obviously to pursue the career which is you know you get cranking along uh, i moved a few times when i was a kid but it was like you know city to city within the county or two um nothing you know that extreme obviously you went from one side of the world basically to the other um what what was that move like because that probably you know looking at it in the context of pressure and uh maybe loneliness and you know new things and uncertainty uh what was that like for you that move honestly it was the best thing that i could have done for my mental health only because i had just finished school and as soon as i came here i started uh doing school online and it helped me realize that oh there is a world outside of high school because I believe that high school sucks for anyone who's the least bit different. So knowing that I was able to move away from that and there's this whole world going on around you, it, it helps. It really, it really did help me. So 
why did that help you? Was it, we, was it things in school that you were happy to get away from to kind of start a new life in this country and pursue your career and that sort of thing? Having something that I was passionate about and something that I truly loved. School was never something that was my focus because the career I wanted didn't necessarily connect with, uh, you know, mathematics and, and, and the more logical side of, of the world. And so being able to know that I had that was just something that lifted off my shoulder, wow. a breath of fresh air. Yes. So you just couldn't, you just couldn't take school because of that. You really wanted to, to focus on your passion and being able to be taken away from that kind of just took you down. So were you dealing with some kind of some anxiousness, depression from not getting to do what you want to do and love when you were in school? Oh, definitely. Because, uh, I would say Australia isn't, obviously Los Angeles and Hollywood is the biggest uh, film industry in the, in the world. And compared to Australia, there was just no sign of me being able to do what I was passionate about. So knowing that LA was out there and, and that films and something I was really passionate about was out there made a huge difference. So why did you want to become an actor? It's a pretty corny story. My mom took me to my first film, which happened to be Titanic. And yes, everyone was obsessed with, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and that character. He was very pretty. Uh, but I was more obsessed with uh, Kate Winslet's character and Rose and how society had told her that she had to be a certain way. But no matter what, she... Uh, eventually became the person she wanted to be. And I strive to be like that daily. So that was something that resonated with me. So you said, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. but you make it. So how did you make that jump so quickly to say, I'm going to go to LA because some people go to LA and they starve and they're done. Oh, did yeah. You, yeah. So did you have help from your family to make sure you were able to move out to LA? I did. My mom was so supportive in the whole, whole process. She was my number one fan when I wanted to move. Definitely. Uh, that's a leap of faith, right? I mean, because yeah. she's like, wait a minute, because like we live here and you want to go to LA, so. I had to, okay. I did a PowerPoint uh, presentation to show my, how much I could afford, how I was going to pay rent, how I was going to live there before I made the conscious choice, especially at 17, I obviously need to show approval. Um, <laughs> And so that was, we, and we talked about it in depth. We went through, you know, finances and taxes and all the stuff no one wants to talk about. Yes, but you had to. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that she nailed that whole side into me. Oh, that's fantastic. Did, so, did she, she, yeah, I was going to say, did she come with you? She didn't at the beginning. She did, she does visit me a lot. Sorry, <laughs> she does visit me a lot. Um, and she, she likes to travel. So she, she does spend a lot of time with me and my sister. Interesting. So you've become a strong mental health advocate. Now, were there certain experiences that led you to that? Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, my best friend tried to commit suicide and he, yep, he 
we would talk about everything and he was very bubbly and open, but when it came to his mental health, he never said anything. He didn't try to talk to anyone um, and till after the matter. But then I started realizing if maybe if he knew that it was a possibility that he could talk to people or he knew that that was even because mental health or bullying was never even talked about where I'm, you know, in Australia when I was, when it was, you know, when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought if that had been talked about and and that was known, maybe the outcome would have been different. Oh my gosh. So they didn't, they didn't really, I guess it's still an issue I'd say in any of the school districts where really the people that are supposed to be the mental health experts just have too big of a caseload too large and they're really not they're not they have to do other roles that so they don't get those opportunities to have those conversations with kids and with a lot of times now two parents working that we aren't able to have those conversations so they need someone to talk to and if there's no one to be able to talk to especially about something as big as suicide look out it's going to happen and and yeah i really do think uh, that's how social media can really help the situation. It's, it's, you've got so many platforms in your face all the time. And if even a sm- small percentage of them started talking about bullying and started, you know, uh, these influencers started sharing their experiences because uh, some of them are bound to have similar experiences to people who are going through, you know, suicidal tendencies. I think that would, that would make a huge difference. Absolutely. And because then people could relate. It's like, you know, so many people that are in positions of, you know, you know, in the public eye, whether they're actors or actresses or, you know, sports figures or, you know, other people like that, we have a tendency to look at them as if they're kind of not the same, but they are, you know, we all breathe the same air. We all put our pants on one leg at a time, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing special about uh, people per se. Uh, We all, are human beings and uh, we need to help each other when we can. And that's uh, I can see, you know, where social media is, is a good thing where you can maybe keep an eye on somebody or somebody does something or says something, or, you know, maybe post something that makes you go, Whoa, wait, what do they mean by that? Why are they saying that? And instead of going and going back and forth on, you know, the post, then it's time to pick up the phone, you know, or it's time to go visit them, you know, if they're nearby and say, Hey, you know, you're posting this, you know, you, you got me thinking like, is everything okay? I'm here for you. I can help you. You know, do, do, do you want to talk to somebody else? You know, you want me to, you know, go to school, the counselor, whatever. And, and, you know, being able to support each other is a big thing. And, you know, maybe most people don't think they can do something, but a lot of times someone just needs somebody to talk to. Like, you know, your friend, they, they, they had nobody they could talk to. Maybe they, they could confide, you know, confide in and uh, we need to be approachable. You know, everybody needs to be approachable. And so if people that have a big platform uh, use it for good uh, and to get that word out. I think there's, there's really no, nothing better than, than to use that sort of, you know, that exposure to be able to bring, you know, shed, you know, this kind of shine the light on these problems because they're out there. Yeah, definitely. And even if it is honestly a, a comment on your social media platform after you've posted something like that, even asking, are you okay? Creates a community so quickly. And it, 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 it triggers yeah, and that's absolutely true. to mm-hmm. be like, Oh, uh, someone, someone cares, but okay. Maybe, 
maybe I can, even though you're a stranger, maybe I can actually talk to you. It could change an outcome so quickly. So I'm a stranger, right? Do you personally struggle with mental health? I do. Definitely. Oh, I don't even know why I thought about that. Yes. I <laughs> daily struggle with it, especially as an actor, you get a lot of rejection and that becomes, and self, you know, self deprecation um, is something I, I work on a lot because, you know, a, yeah. a large part of, of being an actor is auditioning and, and a large part of auditioning is getting a lot of no's. So mm-hmm. being able to accept that is definitely something I would focus on. Yeah. I think in the entertainment world in general, a lot of times you can deal with that. When I was a professional wrestler uh, back in my days, I, who knows if I'll ever make it back in. I'm 46 right now, but I was a pro wrestler. I thought of myself as not very good because most of my counterparts that were jealous of me would tell me that. Even though I know I'd have great matches, my confidence level was definitely not there because in the entertainment world, they just tear you down, especially not always the person who's directing or act it's your counterparts your other actors that you work with other people in the the field other reviewers they can just tear you apart to the point where you lose that confidence so quickly and you're like wow uh, and it can tear you apart in certain ways and i remember those days and like i mean i wasn't happy i was thinking i was sitting there saying wow Hey, I'm not that good. What, wh- why can't I make it to the big time? What's the problem? And those doubts go through your head, right? And what, how do you feel from that? Those doubts cause you when you go to perform to not perform to your very best, yeah. to deal with different things, to not have the greatest audition, all these different things, right? Definitely, constantly. That's why I think self care and self love is something that can change your outcome when it comes to success tremendously, you know, if you, you have those, cause no matter what, when it comes to like acting as there are, I know friends out there who have gotten amazing parts and it has nothing to do with them. You know, you love how much, uh, you know, you love what they're doing and they worked really hard, but it becomes a self inflicting. Why didn't I get those opportunities? What's, what's wrong? Yes. You, know, you, you see that, you see that on Facebook, Pete, ultimately most people depressed on Facebook today are the ones wishing they had what that person on Facebook has. And Facebook does a job where if you're looking at the same people's profiles over and over again, clicking on that profile, viewing those pictures, they're going to hit you with those same profiles each and every day. Imagine that killing somebody who's just not happy with their life, Pete. That's uh, that's scary. I mean, the, the algorithms that go along, you know, on in the background on these sites like Facebook and whatnot and all the analysis that's taken place. It's scary because they're building profiles of everybody that's out there. Just like you said, you know, what are you looking at? Who are you interested in? What are your friends? What are your hobbies? What are your shows? What books did you read? What movies do you like? Who's actor? What actors do you follow? All of that stuff. And, uh, it's a, it's scary how much technology has sort of, we've allowed it to sort of invade our, our lives and we've become so dependent on it that when we don't have it, we miss it. And we're like, wait a minute, where, where is it? I mean, look, I'm an IT. There's some days I just wish an EMP would take it all out because we, we kind of do need a reset from the technology, right? We are so dependent on it. We can't function without it, but we have 
we're starting to lose the ability to interact and build relationships the way that we've done for forever since the beginning of, of time with us, right? And and getting along and bartering things and you know being able to just get along and help each other out. Whereas so much today is like a me, 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 you know, it's all about me, even at the expense of other people. Like you're just saying, you know, where you're cutting other people down that are, you know, or they're cutting you down that are your peers. We should be all working together to build each right. other up and not, you know, cut each other down. So <laughs> and we, we do that in work. We do that in all these different aspects. And I think that what she brings to the table and other people bring the table in mental health needs to be conversation because people need to talk about when they're feeling bad, Pete, when they feel sad, when they're upset, they need to sit down and talk. They're having an issue with the relationship. They're having an issue with finances. They're having this. So they're not looking at themselves and say, hey, I'm nothing now. And that's what lots of people in this country and in the world feel like. Isn't that right? That's why you're the advocate, right? Because of these stories. Definitely. Even if I can, even if it's not my own stories, if it was some, like any, anyone's stories that I can bring to light and bring to people's screens instead of women's bodies, you know, instead of that self deprecating constantly, if that can change over to, Hey, are you okay? That's right. then I've done what I've wanted to do. So how have you learned to cope? How have I learned to cope? Uh, a weird one is that I actually listen to inspirational videos. Like Les Brown is, is a big one. Oh, he's great. Oh, focusing on, on that first thing in the morning, I think puts you in such a good state of mind for the rest of your day. If you did that every day, I, I've seen a huge change in my confidence, my in all aspects of my life. So I, that's something that I love, love doing. Um, and I think, I think also the fact is that not caring what people think is such an important thing in mental health. If you don't care what people think, you'd go out you do what you need to do on a regular basis and say, I don't really care what that person that you're more likely to do things. Cause I look at my ability as a speaker and everything when I was in the professional wrestling industry to after teaching for X amount of years and then going back in the entertainment field and radio and television, I'm so confident now I can just go and do it because I really don't care what people think. <laughs> I don't care if I'm stuttering once or doing certain things. My job is to entertain and to ask the right questions. It's not about, what they think of me and that at the end of the day when you go out and do that or you go out and do a talk like Pete does tons of talks I still only have a handful of them but I'm understanding it it's all about engaging the people that you're speaking with and just really not focusing on what they're thinking because we focus on what they're thinking right now then we're going to um we're going to step back say and start doubting what we're saying so I guess, but I, I think that that's the, the key thing is. And that's not really fair to good. us. And that's not fair to the individual either, right? Because you may want to act or do something a certain way, but if you hesitate because you're worried about what other people think, that could be a very bad problem because you, you may have an awesome idea or a great approach or something that really needs to get out there, but without the confidence to, to move ahead with it, now that could be something that's actually depriving way more people of whatever that happens to be. I mean, fill in the blank, right? It could be anything. Oh yeah. At the end of the day, they're going to judge you no matter what you say. So like, Definitely. Might as well say what you want. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, what you said is a, is a very good that anybody period. I mean, mental illness, no mental illness, 
you know, confident, not confident, successful, not successful. It doesn't matter. But if you start your day with something that's inspirational, that's uplifting, that puts you in a good mood, that gets you fired up about hitting, you know, approaching the rest of your day with confidence and with vigor and just, you know what, get out of my way because here I come kind of, you know, that's a good way to be. It really is, you know. And uh, and so, I mean, I applaud you for that because that's a that's a very – mature and it's a very intelligent step that helps you become a better person. And if other people do that, it's going to help them become better as well. And so if they're just looking for something that can maybe pull them up or get them back on track, you know, find somebody that resonates with you, you know, whoever that happens to be, you know, it could be an inspirational speaker. It could be somebody that you, uh, you know, that you follow, that you, you know, know, or if you don't know anybody, you know, go ask somebody or do some searches online, right? Of, you know, inspirational speakers or uplifting talks or whatever. And geez, I mean, on the internet, you find a million of anything you search for. So you won't have a, you know, a problem finding anything. And people are a huge way to help you cope in life. I think people are the best thing to, to help you getting out and, and yes. you know, connecting. And you have to pick those right people. Oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> you got to pick people. Do you look at the power of positivity a lot of times when you're going to talk about your problems to somebody? You don't want a negative person. They're going to bring you down even more. Oh, no, no. It really, you have to surround yourself with, with people that constantly bring, that bring you up. And, you wanna, and it makes you want to do the same for them. You know? yeah. Exactly. You don't want the opposite. And if you've got people around you that are bringing you down, get new friends. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say it, you know? So that's awesome because you found something that's helping you, you know, get fired up every day and move forward and, and you know, get towards your goals. And so how has that affected your career? I'd say in a good way, right? <laughs> Very good way. It's definitely taught me to be confident and to no longer care what people think. And, and you, and I, and I say this a lot is like, you can listen to the same, just one uh, video or one, speech for the, the same like every day and you find something new in each one every single day that starts your day off you know and that's it's definitely helped me in an audition room becoming more confident and and actually interacting with the people that I'm talking to like a casting director you actually have a conversation and it, it creates such a like such an easy environment even in life so oh yeah, yeah brings that, that stress level down a little bit and, you know, kind of makes things a little bit more relaxed, which allows you to do your best work. Because if you're all, you know, if you're high strung and you're nervous and you're worried about things, you can't do your best work. You have to be relaxed, right? I mean, I'm not an actor, but I can imagine how being like, it's not going to be good for your career. <laughs> job interviews, you know, it's the exact same way. If you're, if you're stressed and like, and worrying so much about about how they're thinking about what you're saying you'll you'll never end up saying what you want to say so you talked about some uh you know self-care and self-love and you know how that's helped you maybe you could uh share with our audience some of the self-care methods that you found that have worked for you oh yeah the more traditional ones i would say is exercise it's just it's it's literally a dopamine yes and creates happiness so like like mentally that's the best one that i've found is working um, out oh oh yeah definitely but more unconventional habits that i have are like if it's become really stressful i spend find a safe space and 
dance until I can no longer dance anymore to really loud music. That's always a really good one. Even, you know, uh, I, I, I did used to uh, run up hikes or, or, or like a mountain or something and start yelling at the world just to let you, you know, let the world know that you're there. They're the kind of anything that, that releases tension, you know, like that is, is just, it's just helpful. Anything, anything that gets you out of the house as well. <laughs> and I think also you have another stressor that gets rid of your stress of acting and that's yeah. the other stuff. That's the, the, the portion of you as a writer, as an advocate, as uh, you know, creating other things that are really not related to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That kind of gives that balance so that you're, 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 let's say, on the set for eight hours and you might only have been in a few shoots, but you have to stay there all day. Yeah. What's going to keep your sanity? Writing, creating. Anything yeah. Else that keeps you creative. Oh, definitely. That's why I do, you know, the podcast. That's why I love doing interviews and, and being a health advocate. It's, it's just something that something else creative that, that keeps you. And we all have things that stress us out and we need to find things that allow us to release that stress. For me, it's martial arts. I've done martial arts and self-defense for over 20, like two years now. If I didn't have that, I probably would have been postal a long time ago yep. because we all have to have an outlet. There has to be some sort of release and something like, in my case with the martial arts, it allows you to focus on exactly what you're doing, on the technique, on the form, on the whatever it is that you happen to be working on at that particular point in time. And everything else sort of, you know, falls away. And that's all that you're focused on. That's all that you're doing. And I think everybody has to have an outlet, whatever it is. I know it could be running. It could be exercising. It could be listening to music. It could be dancing. It could be – there has to be something that – allows you to, like you said, just kind of yell at the world or just to get all of that stress out because it's not healthy to keep it in. And for people that aren't sure how to release it, I think that's also part of the problem when we, we run into these different, you know, crazy events that we read about in the paper is, you know, somebody snapped. Why did they snap? Maybe they had no release. Maybe they had no way of getting that anxiety, that fear, that frustration, that whatever that has been building up and building up and building up inside of them, there's been no way for them to let that out in a healthier way. And so it gets to the point where it goes completely to a dark place because maybe they feel that they have no other choice. And I think that's what happens in some cases where there's, they feel they have no other choice because they, they have no way of, of letting out what's in here of what letting what's out, you know, what's up here. And, uh, and that's a, that's a big problem. So we all have to find that thing Definitely, yeah. that, you know, it could be reading a book. It could, it, something has to reduce I, that it, stress it has, level. And I think it's my is radio, honestly, because mm. I mean, I like working out too, but radio in a way is the creativity. If I'm busy doing a lot of things for clients, uh, and social media and branding and also, you know, doing lots of sales that when I could get in this release of just sitting down and talking to somebody, if I could get paid millions of dollars someday to do that, that would be phenomenal because that is just the biggest stress reliever in the world. Getting on the radio, interviewing celebrities, interviewing authors, interviewing anyone with any type of brand and getting out there and talking to them 
it just, it, it fuels me. It fuels me and it keeps me kind of that. And also meditation uh, through going to daily mass to uh, times of quiet meditation. That helps me keep me calm as well. Without those outlets, and you, let's just say I would decide, I'm going to throw all that away for more money, but yet more stress and not be happy, then I'm just going to feel like I'm not worth what I want to do in life. And that's the thing. That's why always focusing on your passion is such an important part of uh, keeping that balance so that you just don't go like a lot of people in this world that are just going day to day, hating everything they do in their life. Yeah, that's no way to live. That's no way to live. That may help your, your finding your career path in life is finding a stress reliever. So for like, for, for me, for acting was my stress reliever and is the biggest thing. And then it was like, oh, this is what makes me the most passionate, you know, and they, and they correlate and then it becomes a lifestyle, you know, and you're constantly. And that's starting to become a lifestyle 10 years for me. I mean, in a way, all my, every, everything from radio and television leads to all my clients, all leads to all to my opportunities, leads to my branding, marketing, everything is through radio and television. So I guess you're right. I, I'm acting as another one. My daughter wants to act. And I said, when she's, you know, in high school, getting a little older, I, I said, well, are we going to go out to LA? Because I'm 6'10". When am I going to start acting? I'm ready to go. Because, you know, tall guys are hard to find in Hollywood, right? The bigger guys, especially mm -hmm. when they're looking at those different things. I said, but yeah, we're going to go out and do it. Singing, all that. I keep telling her. She's my oldest. I have six kids, but she's the oldest. I'm like, we're going out to Hollywood. Trust me. That, that I have the connections. I have the different things. We're doing it. Because uh, that's the other thing. is If you're not doing things that get you so excited and revved up every day, Yep. It's, it really, really just drains you. Does Carlisha need a roommate? <laughs> <laughs> Come on in anytime. Ava, Ava, yes, not me. Ava, yes, Ava <laughs> definitely. Uh, great for her, yes. But Ava Haley's only 14, a freshman in high school. So we have a little time for her, but she does the acting and all that. But she she loves it, and but she also loves singing. And I think that you got to find those things. And everyone says, well, you got to focus on your career. Well, yeah, you can focus on a career. But have that path, if that really is the path, and you took the chance, and you did it, and how happy are you you did? Because you, oh. what would you have done in Australia if you did not become an actor? Exactly. No idea. What's, I'd still be trying to be an actor. It would just be so much harder and so much more draining. And, and yep. Now, you have to go to where, you know, either New York or L.A., to, to break into the, the scene and it's tough when you're halfway around the world. Right. And, oh, yeah. but you made the leap and you know, that was a leap of faith and definitely. And I really do believe that, uh, something I've lived by is the best things in life are on the other side of fear. And my biggest fear was moving, you know, miles as far away from my home as possible. So Oh yeah. And that's definitely fearful. Cause it's like, you know, to expect it's, you know, not where you grew up. It's like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know anything about this place yep. is what I see on TV. True. Like <laughs> I really, I, that was the only reference that I had was at movies. Right. I did want to be, uh, in high school in an American high school at that time because of seeing all the films like high school musical. I don't think it's like that. Exactly. Nah, just movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Put a little more realistic spin on things, maybe. So what tips do you have to share for others that uh, might help them in where they're at in their lives, you know, young or old? I would say 
definitely one is you will never find what you want to do unless you push past the fear because everything important and everything worth doing is frightening to anyone. You ask, you know, entrepreneurs, millionaires, whoever, they were all afraid at the beginning. Um, pushing past that, they, they just, it, it's like a blissful, blissfulness, I would say. Well, fear can be paralyzing, oh, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. and, and it causes inaction. And if you're afraid of, of moving forward because something is stopping you, like you said, what you're looking for could be right on the other side of fear. But what does fear stand for, right? False evidence appearing real. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, yeah. So did you trademark that, Pete? No, that's I didn't make that up. <laughs> but if you haven't heard it before, there you go. False evidence appearing real. That's, That's all fear is. I love, I'm going to, well, I'm going to use that. You have to use that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So how can people help one another? So now that, you know, we, we've, we've established some things here, how, what can we do to help each other and, and make this a better world? Just letting each other know that you're there, connecting with one another, trying to, to ask the hard questions, ask any questions, you know, being available like being open enough, I think is, is like any of it helps, I'd say. Yeah. So where to next? Ooh. So you got a lot on your plate. Oh yeah. Yep. Definitely. I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've got multiple series that are being pitched to, to networks at the moment. I'm, um, shooting in Atlanta for an upcoming TV show, uh, I'm, I'm, you can't say the TV show, can you? Oh, I know. <laughs> I already could tell. See, Pete's not as into entertainment as me. Yeah, now. see, Neil wants you on his show. Okay, Atlanta. I'm saying Atlanta. I'm like, okay, let's start thinking. That's pretty good. And see, yeah. Pete doesn't understand. Stranger Things was shot in Atlanta, Pete. And Stranger, all three seasons were shot in Atlanta. And basically one of the smaller characters in, in Atlanta – ended up getting a big role and she was a local actress in Atlanta. So that really, you got to watch these different things and blow up. Uh, one of my friends on Facebook's Matthew Cartable. I think I always forget how to pronounce his last name. And then he got the big deal on stranger things and all that. And I interviewed him before that. So it's like, you never know when that big break will come. And so, but no, you can't say where you're shooting, but your current projects, like I can watch you now it's in Hulu, on Hulu, right? You Ooh, it's coming out in October, so it's not out yet, but that's my, that's. Which one is that? Uh, it's, it's an, inter, it's one of the Into the, into into the, the Dark. dark. Yep. So it's like an anthology series, which focuses on uh, a different event each month. They do like a film length that focuses on an event each month and they relate it to horror. So, so mine is uh, Halloween. So that'll be. Well, I see a lot of your shows here, all kind of a little horror genre. Is that your favorite? Notice that. No, I, I really happen to, I am quite broad in my choices. Like I'm, I'm happy with anything, but these are the ones that I've been kind of, that have kind of come to me are the crazy, <laughs> uh, yep, almost serial killer like roles. So maybe, maybe they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Says you're 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 co-writing a series called "How to Identify a Serial Killer." So I love those series on on television, and I love watching murder mysteries. So maybe it's it's all connected. 
<laughs> All right, so it, it I, I got like I got her her favorite show on Netflix right now. What is it? Mindhunter. I love that's what I'm watching right now. Is Mindhunter? Oh. oh yeah, it's unbelievable. It's so you'd love to be on that show then, right? Oh, that is a goal. <laughs> oh, because <I, laughs> yeah, there's going to hopefully be a season three. The problem is with Netflix is they don't they kill things off before. Especially speaking of killing off before it gets its opportunity, and they just put things in its deathbed in certain ways instead of letting it keep rolling. I wonder what their reasoning for just creating new shows and saying to the other actors, Oh, goodbye. We'll hire new people. It's maybe to save money. I, don't know. Honestly, I think it's because their ratings go down a lot after I've been like looking into this recently because it's happening a lot and season all of season three, the ratings go down a lot because our mental capacity is actually lowering because of social media which is oh so yeah so they're all talking about it. so but why do they take so long to shoot it each time and that does mess it up so for example you look at other shows they go off the air for not even half a year right meaning like the big popular shows on nbc abc cbs but netflix it takes forever when is stranger things 4 coming out i mean I we don't know we don't know Maybe she does know and she's not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> but see, those are, that's the kind of stuff that makes it difficult that I think Netflix is making a mistake on, is they're not going to bank on a show that's going to be 15, 16 seasons, the, the most popular, because they just take too long for the fans to get enough of the next season. Yeah, like, for example, I did not like low season three at all. I didn't think it was as good as the other two seasons. And then, uh, and I was very disappointed with it. So again, the, the, I'm a critic and I'm working on critic as well, Pete. I'm working with, uh, Warner brothers right now with different shows that are going out on DVD to do reviews. So there, there's something else going on with me, but see, I never talk about that on safety talk. So Pete's like, Oh Lord, What's, <laughs> right, here goes Neil. Here goes Neil with his new updates and different things like his that. Social media and his, and I, uh, his TV and shows. I don't watch these shows. i like, I don't, I don't have time. Oh, fair. That's fair. But uh, Neil, I know Neil stays up on a lot because he interviews a lot of the actors and actresses from these different shows, so he knows a lot of more about them. So he'll be picking my, he'll be asking me things, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, and, and and really, it's just about I talk to them a lot of times. I never get to catch up on their show, and and then they cancel shows. I'm like, why did they cancel it? Like OA, I, I couldn't believe they canceled OA. I was or A O A O. Yeah, why did they do that? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I love that series, man. Yeah. I don't know why. There we go. I, look I at that. Look at me. Be... I'm 46 feet in the 20 year olds what they're watching. That's You're hip, buddy. You're hip. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. I just think like exactly what Carlisha said is that the attention span of most people can't handle three, four, five, six, ten seasons. Yep. They want it. They want all those answers. They want them quick. They want them now. So as fast as they can shoot a couple of seasons, people binge watch them and then they're done. And if it takes a while for the third season or the fourth season to come out, boom, they're off on the next shiny show. It, you know, you're onto something else. I think that has a lot to do with it. Oh, 100%. It makes a lot of sense. So uh, where can people go to learn more about you? Oh, I'm, I'm all over. social media. I'm everywhere. Kalisha Hurley, all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, living in La La Land, anywhere. <laughs> Look you up. Excellent. So any, any last thoughts before we let you go here for our audience? Just be yourself. I know it's so hard. It's so difficult, but it's the, it, it, 
from personal experience, it, it, it's the best thing that you can possibly do for yourself. Excellent. Well, it's well said because that's exactly it. Don't try to conform and be what other people want you to be. You got to be your own person and have the confidence to do that. And if you don't have the confidence, figure out a way to get it. And listening to something every day early in the morning to get you fired up is a good thing. I listen to uh, all kinds of audio programs in my car. I call it my rolling university. You know, listening to all kinds. Well, you know, I listen to music too. I love music. I'm a, you know, I used to DJ. I, mean, I love music, but I also you know, like he, listening yeah. to audio programs, you yeah, know, li- listen, while you drive. listen to my show all the time, Pete. There you go. There's that's, <laughs> that's how you're going to get fired up the different oh, guests man. I've had on lately and conversations. He probably hasn't. That's what's really sad. He's probably not listening to my interview, Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was a couple weeks ago. He probably didn't listen to my interview, which I thought was really interesting with the guy from uh, Sanford and Son. Uh, Sorry, but Demon, Demon Wilson, you uh, and all that stuff. Come on now, but I, ha- I think I have a fan. You interview too many people. Oh, I can't keep I know, up. I know, I know. But, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But she was a great guest. Now, Pete, how did you find her? Because that just doesn't seem like the, the the current safety talk Monday guest. We had uh, the gentleman, I guess, who uh, does publicity for you. I have had uh, another guest on. He said, "Hey, I got." This girl here, you know, take a look and see if you want to bring her on and send me some info. I said, sure, let's do it. <laughs> well, it was worthwhile for sure. Definitely. I hope so. Yes. Well, best of luck to you, Carlisha. And, uh, you know, keep uh, doing what you're doing. You're going to do great things, even more great things. You've already done a lot. You're, you're you know, mature beyond your years. And I applaud you for your, you know, focus on the advocacy towards, you know, helping people with, you know, mental health issues and, uh, you know, keep writing, keep acting, and keep yeah. kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> I'll never stop. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Have a good night. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Safety Talk. You can listen to past episodes and get the latest safety news at our website, safetytalkpodcast.com. Be sure to visit our other websites for free safety checklists and infographics. You can also sign up for free online self-defense training, learn about college campus safety, and find out more about Pete and how he can help educate your school or business through his speaking, workshops, seminars, and consulting. Subscribe to the Safety Talk podcast and never miss out on any new safety information. Until next time, stay safe.